This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We want to talk for a short time this afternoon about current world events, so to say. I think this subject is important because there's so much misinformation out there. And there's people that really want to know these things. And I realize there's probably people sitting in the audience right now that this is not their favorite subject. These types of things are not things that they're that interested in. And their faith is so strong that these things don't matter to them. And hopefully we all get to that point. But as many people look at the current events in the world, that becomes worrisome to them. You know, ever since 2020, it seems like when you wake in the morning and your feet hit the floor, you're wondering, what disaster are we going to meet today? Because it just seems that one thing after another has occurred since that time. And these things have sped up. Used to, it seemed like there were, there were great uh, time frames between these events. But now we see so many things going on that people are trying to make sense of these things. And unfortunately, they're trying to tie these events to things that aren't related in the Scripture. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of guys here that could do a better job than this sitting in this audience. They're more studied on this stuff. They like to dig deeper into God's Word on these things. But I think there's some basic concepts that we can look at this afternoon and quickly move through these materials that will show you that what's really important today and in this day and time is God is still on His throne and He's still in control of what's going on in this world. And that is what is important. Like I said, if we can grow our faith to the point that that's what we look at no matter what is going on, we will have accomplished something because these things are worrisome. Now the second thing I want to say this afternoon is this is not an anti-Israel talk. We are not here to bash Israel. We are not here to say the things going on in the world and going on in that part of the world are not worrisome. They are. There are atrocities that are happening that we should be concerned about. But some of the things that we're hearing don't necessarily match up to Scripture. And we should, be, we should worry about those things as well. That we're not misleading others when we look at these things. Because there is a lot of misinformation out there. You know, people have a tendency to want answers in situations like the one we're currently in. They see these things happening. They see the events that unfold, and they start to relate those things to other things that they've heard. And the idea that these events currently happening in Israel were prophesied and will be followed by the end of days is just not supported from Scripture. Certainly we're in the end of days if you want to look at it that way, but that's only because we are in the Christian age. And Jesus has been here, and He's given His life, and He's going to return. And that's the time that we're in. But we want to look this afternoon about how these events parallel with Israel and things that we've heard and that we've, we've studied and read in Scripture. In Mark 13 and verse 32 through 37, the Bible says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man 
taking a far journey, who, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to taking a journey, who left excuse me, every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly we find, suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. You know, the prophecy in the Bible that this has the same purpose as miracles. When we see these things, prophecies were made and they had a purpose. The purpose of that was to give different individuals throughout the Bible credit. And when these things were seen that they prophesied or the things that they had said were going to happen and they happened, it gave these individuals credit. And all the glory was given to God in those things. Because there's a few purposes we have for prophecy. They predict the future at times. At times they speak messages from God. At times in the scripture they were to edify or comfort or exhort. And oftentimes they were to warn. To give opportunity for those in jeopardy. It gave them a call to action. What they should do to avoid these things. And it was also used to prepare the way. And so we see there were different, different reasons that prophecies were given. The overall reason for miracles and prophecies was to give credit to God's messengers. And we saw that time and time again when the miracles were, were, had occurred. It didn't just go out as a miracle and, and save all people. There was a purpose and there was a reason for each one. You know, what happened to miracles and prophecies? Jesus brought a better way. Through Jesus, we had a better way to operate and to conduct... To, uh, do the things that God had asked us to do. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 13, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, or complete, then that which is in part shall be done away. Jesus brought a better way. When his coming was there, it was about love and these, all these different things. The, the, pro, the prophecies and miracles were no longer needed at that point. It was about love and, and the thing that he brought into the world. The blessing that was given to us through his crucifixion. And it has, at his death, there was no more need for those things. Because those things were meant to spread his word prior to his coming. You know, faith is hard sometimes, isn't it? Especially when we deal with a world of uncertainty like we do. So when we see things happening around us and we don't understand them and we want to make sense of it, but the prophecies were not done away with and Jesus brought that better way. Even as Jesus walked the earth, people still wanted to see something more. They wanted to have something they could hold on to and they felt like if they could just see something very specific, that would make all the difference. In Matthew 12, verses 38 and 39, it says... Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. You see, they had not heard of the miracles that were performed. They knew of those things. They even saw some of them. But they wanted a sign. They wanted another sign, and they wanted to keep seeing signs. And he picked up on this and he said, no, you're not going to see another sign. You have Jonas the prophet. 
When we think it might be easier if we could just see a sign or something could affect us in this life, we should think of this verse. That we can't just keep seeing signs and he couldn't just keep on doing different things. He came and he was crucified on a cross. That's the only sign that we need. That he gave his life for the things that we would do in our lives so that we could be reconciled to our God. And that's what mattered. That's the only sign that we need. To know that the only prophecy that matters at this point is Jesus is coming back and we need to prepare through a life of servitude toward Him. That's the sign we need. And yes, when people say we need to prepare, every day should be that. Every day should be preparation for us for the coming, for the return of Christ. But see, people have always wanted a sign and that sign leads to another and another until it's just about signs. At some point, our faith has to enter into that. And so as we go back and look, as far back as I can remember, if we just start about events that I can remember, and I remember what happened to those events, and they're vivid in my mind, we'll look at some of those things that have happened in my lifetime that people turned to these things and said, that's a sign. In 2000, we had the Y2K bug. That was also the millennium, and many of you may remember that. The idea was that all computers were going to shut down in the year 2000, and it had to do with the programming of, the, of these computers. You know, you coupled that with the millennium. We had another group that thought the millennium was going to be the end of days. And you, so you put those two together, and you had a lot of stir and a lot of discussion over these things. But you know, that didn't happen. That wasn't the end of days. That wasn't the end of time, and time still goes on. There were two events in that, as we mentioned. But how do we get to a prophecy from these things? How do people reach back in there and think that they see prophecy from the Bible? In 2 Peter 3 and verse 8, it says, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So what did they do on that? They said, okay, well, at 2,000 years from the creation to Abraham, and 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ, and 2,000 years in the Christian age, you add another 1,000 years of rest in there, add in the leap years, adjust for daylight savings time, and there you go. That's the end of the days. You know, that's not what that was, was it? This passage here is to, is to point out that time is meaningless to God. We are so structured on everything we do in this life. We have a clock. We have a watch. We have a phone. We look at something throughout the day to know where we are, to know what time it is, to know when I'm supposed to be somewhere. But it's not like that with God. Marlon talked this morning about he's not on our time frame. He's just not. And so when we look at these things and we think, well, it's going to be at this certain one time, we can't say that because we've already established that no man knoweth when that day comes. And we can't pull that out of the scriptures. That's not going to change. You know, sometimes we just have to give, sometimes we give these things that we hear in society, we, we give them more credit than they even deserve. Because they're just not accurate. In 2001, we had 9-11. There were two passages there that, tied it, that people tried to tie back to. In Isaiah 30 and 25, it says, And there shall be upon every high mountain and upon every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the day of the great slaughter, 
when the towers fall. Well, that has to be about the Twin Towers, doesn't it? So I looked up, and I'm not that familiar with the Northeast. I looked up, and I said, okay, what is Manhattan? Manhattan, a borough of New York City, coextensive with New York County in southwestern New York State, U.S. The borough mainly on Manhattan Island spills over into the Marble Hill section of the mainland and includes a number of islets in the East River. Well, it starts to be a parallel, doesn't it? We start to see these things, and it must be referring to the Twin Towers in this passage. But the problem is it's not. That's not a parallel. This was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. And so when we look at those things, we can't just dismiss the context of what these things were given to us in, in God's Word. In Revelations 18, verses 1 through 3, it says, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. You know, that's pretty convincing, isn't it? That's pretty descriptive uh, wording. We have the fall of the towers in a city of rivers where merchants have gotten filthy rich from her. And as you know, the financial district of New York is known as Wall Street where people all over the world trade. It's easy to try to make those parallels. It's easy to try to connect those two things. But we know this is not what that's about. And too many times we allow people to say these things and to bring these things forward and we allow them to go on and, and the, the doubt can creep into people's minds and think, well, maybe this is the end. Maybe this is the end of days and it, when it's just not the case. This event was also supposed to be the beginning of the end. In 2008, we had the banking collapse or the Great Recession, they like to call it. They dropped that banking collapse title because they're afraid it would cause, you know, distrust in the banks. Can't have a bank failing, can we? So we'll just change the name of that. We'll call that the Great Recession. So what could possibly relate to these events in the Bible? The scared mind is creative. That's all I can tell you. It's very creative. In James 5, verses 1 through 5, it says, Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl in your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be witnessed against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have excuse me, reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day." Of slaughter. You know, your riches are corruptive. You've heaped, you have heaped treasure together for the last days. You've withheld your, your, from your laborers through fraud. You've lived in pleasure but been wanting. There was plenty of blame to go around when the banks failed in 2008. And I don't, maybe you remember it, maybe you don't. Maybe you weren't old enough to remember it. But there was plenty of blame to go around. The lenders were to blame. Legislators were to blame. And the mighty government, 
the U.S. government and their oversight was also to blame. There was plenty of blame to go around. So what is this talking about? This isn't talking about the bank failures of 2008. This is talking about riches in general. People that count on these riches. That's all it's talking about. And people that count on those things and they put their faith on those things, they're going to end up just like this passage tells us. Those riches are, are going to be cankered and they're going to rust away. That's the meaning of this passage. But we can tie these things when we have that, that scared mind and create these things. And it can become a thing to us to look and listen to things that we hear round about. In 2014, we had the rise of the Islamic State to establish a caliphate or an area ruled by Muslim law. This was an area that the U.S. had liberated from Saddam Hussein. And now you were telling me it was going to be tied to Muslim law? These events were also tried to tie back into the book of Revelation. In 2020, we had COVID. There was no way anybody could tie that back to biblical events, is there? <laughs> Can't be done. As I said, the scared mind is creative. In the new NIV version, Revelation 6 and 8, it says, I looked and therefore he looked before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over, fourth, over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth. You know, you think about those things and you think about what, how different COVID was to the country, how, it, what, how different it was to, to the world. And people saw those things, and they saw those events, and we saw terrible, atrocious things going on in the news. And, you know, it was strange times. We saw and participated in things we never thought we would see. And we continue to work and go to school and socialize. All of these things, the way we did those things, they changed. And people were scared. If these events didn't affect you, then you led a life extremely isolated from the public. That's what I would have to say. You were extremely isolated because the things that people saw, the fear that they felt, was because of the things that they experienced, because of the things that they saw, the way they were told, enforcing of laws that we'd never been used to, all of those things. But that's not a reason to tie this back to a, a scripture in, in Revelation that has nothing to do with it. We can't do that. So what about these so-called prophecies based around current events in Israel? That's a fair question. These things are terrible. There's people dying there. There's more people that are going to die. How is that related to what we find in scripture? The idea comes from several scriptures, the idea that this, these events would be tied back, pointing out the importance of Israel to God and His overall plan. In Genesis 12 and 3, we'll see the beginning of that. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. This was a promise made to Abraham and later fulfilled through Christ. And it wasn't meant to go beyond that. Because all families... All of the nations are blessed through Christ. And that's the fulfillment of that prophecy. 
You know, many believe in this, this is an ongoing promise. And those who embrace Israel as a nation will in some way be blessed by God. And in their minds, this makes it necessary to embrace Israel and protect it by any means necessary. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for Israel. I'm saying we, we should pray for Israel. We should want protection for Israel. But not for these reasons. Because the humanity within us and our search to please God and care for our fellow man should lead us to do that. Not because it's tied back in some way to these scriptures. Therefore, we see a constant attempt to tie events involving, involving Israel to the end of times. Because if we protect Israel in the end times, then surely this would be pleasing to God. And surely we would be partakers in the blessings in return. You know, that's the idea, and that's what drives people to believe these things. So what basis leads to these conclusions? There's three books that are used in an attempt to tie these types of things back to the Bible. In Matthew 24, Dan the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. Those are typically the three you, you see used to tie those things back. The problem is none of the three are references to anything in the modern time. They're just not. They're not tied to modern-day events. In Matthew 24, this describes the destruction of Jerusalem, not the end of the world. The destruction of Jerusalem. In verse 34 of that chapter, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And we've had many generations since then, haven't we? And we know that Jerusalem was, de was destroyed at that time. So that's not about future events. That's something that, that came during that generation. In Daniel, here we have similar language to what we see in Revelation. And there's two things that really stick out. In Daniel 12, in verse 4, it says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be Increased, And we look at that passage and jump over to Revelation 22 and 10. It says, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So in Daniel 12, he says, These things are coming, but shut the book for now, because it's not time for those things. But in Revelation, he says, The seal is coming off, because the time is at hand. The time is now. These things are coming to pass. And we're fixing to deal with all of these things that were prophesied beforehand. But, but, excuse me, but Revelation was not about the end times. It was about the destruction of Rome and some believe Jerusalem. And there's some disagreement on that. But it was the destruction of something that happened in that time. Not something that was to come. Read with me in Revelations 1. We'll start at the beginning of the book. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of his prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, at the, John, to the seven churches of Asia, grace be unto you and peace from, from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before 
his throne. So it was written to who? The seven churches of Asia. About what? About things that were shortly come, that would shortly come to pass. So these things weren't written about war in Israel or recessions or COVID or even attacks on the United States. These things aren't about any of that. Yet we continually have people trying to tie it back to that. They were written by John, to, or they were delivered by John to these churches about events that were imminent, not sometime in the distant future. And as we read back in Matthew 24, we see another passage that comes to mind. Matthew 24 and verse 6, it says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all things, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You know, there's always been wars, and there's always been rumors of wars. Those things have always been a part of the world, and they'll continue to be a part of this world. Anytime these things come up, people think the end is here. But these things are no more a sign of the end the end is here than anything else we see in the world. What did he say about that? See that ye be not troubled. Because we are going to see those things, and we shouldn't be troubled by them. Because they're just a, a characteristic of being in this world. And as for that promise made to Abraham that through him... All nations would be blessed. It was referring through his lineage down to Christ. All nations would be blessed through Christ. The, Jew, the Jews were God's people at that time. Now all are chosen by him. In Galatians 6, verses 14 through 16, it says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. This is no longer about heritage, is it? It's not about where we came from. It's about God's people described here as the Israel of God. that The true Christians, distinguished by the cross and crucifixion. Not according to flesh. That's what this passage is talking about. It was now about Christ and not the physical outward showing that the Jews had. In Galatians 3 verses 26 through 29, we read here, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We've come full circle, haven't we? We've come back and we've seen the promise comes through Abraham. But that promise was the coming of Jesus. And those are the things we should be concerned about. You know, many would say that Israel is God's chosen people, and certainly they were, and certainly they had a purpose. But things are different now with the coming of Christ and the sacrifice that he made. Your faith in Christ is what sets you apart. And if, you're, if you've obeyed him in baptism, then there's neither Jew nor Greek. And when it talks about Greek there, it's talking about Gentiles or just non-Jews, which it would be us. There's neither Jew or Greek. And if we're Christ, then we're Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. 
What was the promise back in Genesis 12 and verse 3? That all nations would be blessed through him. And we see here that blessing was Christ. In Galatians 2 and verse 21, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. The Jews were known by and lived by the law. And if Israel is still God's people, then Christ's death was in vain. Because we need Christ. Because at that time they were justified by the law, but that's no longer correct. We need Christ to cover our sins. The war in Israel today isn't prophesied in the Bible, and so this isn't the beginning of the end of the world. When we look at these events, we need to understand that. Then why would people make these things up or, or try to use these things to explain these events? That, that's, that's a fair question that comes up. Why would they do that? And I'd have to say at best it's because people fear the unknown. And people want answers in times of uncertainty, don't they? They want to know. They want to have faith in something. And they're, so they're looking and they're grasping for some explanation. And they look to other people to make sense of these things. And there are some out there that want to help. And they're misled in different ways. At worst, there are people who exploit others for personal gain when they see people in this condition. And the promise of relief from these things is highly sought after by people. You know, there's many books, videos, website subscriptions, all of these types of things. A lot of those things are sold during these times because they offer something. They offer an explanation, even though it may be misleading. And as long as the world continues, more events will be used to this end. You know, it's extremely sad that that's the case. That people seem unaffected by the true prophecy that affects us today. And that's the prophecy that Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And this world is going to end. That's going to happen. And we need to be ready. It may not be how we imagine it. And it may not be on the time frame we imagine. But Jesus is coming back. And that's going to be the end of this world. We need to know that. We need to understand it. And we need to get right with God if we're not already. We need to take the opportunity daily to evaluate our lives and see that we're living the way he would have us to live. In 2 Peter 3, verse 10, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. It says he's coming as a thief in the night. And no one knows that day. Not even Christ himself knew that day. Only God knows that day. So when people say, well, it's going, to, it's going to be on this day or that day or this is the end, that wasn't given to us in Scripture. It should suffice us to say that we don't know when that's going to happen. And we've got to always be ready for it. It doesn't matter that current events aren't pointing to the end of the world because that day could come at any time. And it's still true that we should prepare today. He stands at the door and knocks. And all we have to do is answer. And we should answer. If you've been troubled by recent events, we don't want to make light of that. Definitely not. That's not what we're here for today. We'd love to pray with you because these things are concerning. When we look and we see these things happening in the world, and we see the atrocities that are occurring in that part of the world, it's concerning. And it should be. And we should 
be concerned about those things. But not because of the, the reasons that we've been given by some of these other places, people, wherever we're getting those things from. But keep in mind that God is on his throne and he's still in control no matter what happens in this life. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.